Welcome to Zero to One Cast, the podcast where thought leaders in Web3 meet to discuss pertinent topics in the cryptocurrency and NFT world. My name is JPEGtologist, and I will be your host for today. So sit back, grab yourself a notepad if you wish, and enjoy. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Burns. Say hi, Mr. Burns. Hey, what's going on, JPEG? How you doing, man? Nice to have you on the show. So Mr. Burns is a father husband, educator, and an IT professional. He's passionate about bringing empathy, education, and social equity into the Web3 space. Through founding Web3 projects and startups, Mr. Burns understands the importance of transparency and communication in community leadership. Mr. Burns is currently on the OK Bears and BitBirds teams and the core contributor for ABC. Last but not least, he is the Web3 community designer for the Pew Pew Project, a AAA gaming studio. Today, he'll be talking to us about security and transparency in Web3. But before we dive into that, let's find out a bit more about you. So tell us, how did you get involved in Web3? So it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, I had a surgery and was laid up in bed for about three weeks. And while I was in bed, um, I was talking with a, a friend of mine who is pretty deeply into uh, Web3 and Bitcoin specifically. And he walked me through it and really onboarded me and, and gave me accounts to follow and people to learn um, through. And, and really the rest is history. I got very, very hooked. Um, I started learning about VeChain and some of the utility behind it and just how you can use transparent ledgers in order to in order to move move tokens around and and to deal with shipping supplies and it really kind of shed a light on um just a different way of doing things that's more transparent yeah that is the whole point of, of web3 and decentralization isn't it and and transparency when when was this when did you get into it what year was that 2020 Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you've been in here for, for three years now. Yeah. Not too long, but long enough. Well, three years that's in, in, uh, in cryptocurrency and NFTs, that's about 50 years, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it feels um, that way for sure. Yeah. You're an OG. <laughs> um, okay. So, so yeah, let's move on to talk about security. So by security here, we're talking about the security of Web3 assets from the end user's point of view. There are other important aspects of security in Web3, such as the security of a distributed ledger, but we can talk about that another day. So why is security important in Web3? Well, there are so many ways that security can be breached. Just there are so many avenues. And you know, with the, the different areas that I work in, especially being a community moderator for a number of different projects, I see the security issues all the time. And I see it in my friends. I see it in people who I don't, you know, I don't know. I see it in people who are OGs where you follow your own protocol and your protocol is only as good as the hacker who's trying to break it. And so really, I think that there's a lot of problems with the culture. Um, just as, as far as, um, it's a very different experience, you know, having a PayPal account, you don't have to really worry about anybody getting your PayPal account. It's, it is what it is. Whereas the self-custody aspect of web three, 
puts a, a significant amount of challenges on someone who's coming into and onboarding into this ecosystem, as well as, you know, I mean, really anybody in the ecosystem. It just is a, it's a much more complex way to deal with, um, with your digital collectibles, with your, with your digital currency. And so, you know, I'm, I'm interested in it because I feel like there are ways that we can change culture and there are ways, there are protocols that we can implement that will reduce some of this. I think mainly it's a huge cultural change that needs to shift inside of the Web3 communities and the NFT communities where, you know, so often people are investing in these same people that are trying to take the liquidity out of the system and the liquidity from the community. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And it doesn't give us a very good spotlight either, you know, when it comes to looking at it from the outside, from the Web2 perspective, you know. Completely. Um, someone very famous recently said that we are hucksters and scam artists. Oh, my buddy Gary. Absolutely. Uh, so, so it's important. And, you know, in a way, yes, we hate him for it, you know, absolutely, because we are in the Web3 space. But, you know, he's saying that because something has happened, isn't it? Things have happened. And we need to we need to understand that things have happened, and we need to plug those holes, isn't it? And and on one hand, on one hand, he's he's totally right. There's a massive yeah. section of, you know, I believe that I'm sure that there is money laundering. I'm sure there is a huge amount of scams, mm-hmm. um, coming from you know various different areas of the world. And you know, I mean, even even I, I've heard the stories about how you know there are like there are basically like almost like cartels of of NFT scammers. You know that are just sucking up insane amounts of liquidity by launching these crap projects, and then and then rugging. And you know that's that's a that's a cultural shift that needs to happen, where people need to do a little bit more research and and really start to invest in um, in people and and faces or maybe not even faces but people and names. Um, you know that have a trusted background in the community, mm. um, opposed to a really really awesome marketing plan. That's yeah. completely developed to make you FOMO, to make you um, throw your money at their project. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, people have to be more aware of what's going on as opposed to seeing what's in front of them just immediately, because that's when people get into trouble. Um, yeah, and it's 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 all applied game theory. Yeah, you know, there there are smart people who are thinking about different ways to make people do things. And, um, you know, a good marketing campaign is, is all about the application of really solidly planned out game theory. And, and these guys who are doing it and these like NFT cartels or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call them, um, they're really good at it. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, to, to our dismay, they are really good at it. And, and, and that's why we have all the, the bad rep that we have, you know, from, from web two sometimes. Um, so as investors in the web three space, what are the various aspects of security that people need to consider? Would you say that there are, there are different aspects to security? Well, because Web3 is so integrated, right? Like, you know, we're, we're often, um, we open ourselves up even in some simple things like Discord. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's the link and then guarding your own emotions from being able, from, from clicking on things. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of it is just, I... I hear this all the time, you know, like I clicked on a, on a bad link, you know, and so a lot of it is about behavior. That's one thing where we have security problems mm-hmm. um, is, is behavior. And, and that is, like I said, it's a cultural thing where we need to learn better behaviors and better practices. Um, 
you know, obviously like there's the, the, the current issue with ledger where <laughs> ledger has the possibility of, of knowing your, your seed phrase from, from, even though, you know, even though like the, uh, the new ledger program, it is, it's decrypted. My understanding is that, uh, if you have each one of those sources, you can, I'm sorry, it's encrypted. You can decrypt it. If you have each one of the sources, I, I'm not hundred percent sure if that's true or not, but, um, so there's the behavioral aspect of security. Absolutely. Um, there is the, the self custody aspect, which once again, gets into behavior. You know, if you are really obsessive about uh, using a ledger and, and not interacting with links and keeping your, your web three browsers, uh, separate from any other, almost like a hot browser where like you're less concerned about links or even gets down to your operating system too. You know, like the, uh, the Xverse security issue the other day where, you know, they had, there was a file that's kept on a PC that apparently had a, um, your, your seed phrase that was encrypted. It was only on PC. That's my high, high level understanding that it was only a PC issue, but you know, even choosing your operating system. Absolutely. Yeah. Versus mobile. You know, so, I mean, it's super complex. There are so many different ways to be more secure. 2FA and, and Google Auth, um, you know, and implementing those and uh, integrating those into like your your whole security protocol mm. are important. Having having passwords backed up and seed phrases not on your computer, or, you know, not stored in a way that um, that is breachable. I mean, it, there's just so many layers, and I think that they're really simple layers, simple things that you can do to to increase your own security and to really to promote a more safe environment for yourself, but it is complex for sure. Absolutely. And and I think that that's it's quite a good uh, breakdown of it because if a person, if an investor looks at increasing security in every aspect, so thinking about increasing the security in their behaviors and increasing security in the software they choose, um, you know, I know you spoke about Ledger, but that could arguably be still more safe than, than you know, you're just using a hot wallet. I think... With all those things in place, your chance of getting scammed goes all the way down and your security goes all the way up because of, of you know, something along the lines of a Swiss cheese model. You know? So for a security breach to happen, all your layers of protection have to be breached, including your behavior, including your wallet itself. You know? yeah, yeah, 100%. So I think that's good in a way to you know, kind of just be aware that it's not just about having a ledger and forgetting everything else. You know? Because, you know, with, with a ledger, and this is, it's so funny with a ledger, um, yeah. I have become so used to clicking through, you know, yeah. I do an operation, click through, you know, typically like with my ledger, I'm not engaging and interacting with any kind of questionable websites anyway, yeah. but I, I quit, I often click through without thinking too much Absolutely. and, yeah. and I, I'm a relatively high end, um, user and I can only imagine, you know, like the, the, the language on the ledger is not necessarily friendly. There's some ways in the ledger that you can actually uh, change to actually show you exactly what the transaction is doing. But most people will turn that off because yeah. when you turn it on, what that means is each transaction will need 20 signatures. Um, yeah. And I, I used to have it open a while back, but, but I thought that was a bit silly. Um, but you're absolutely right. You need to know what you're signing. And um, I think there's all this, but there's also an aspect of that nothing is 100% safe. So even with everything here, you know, if 
if everything goes through that Swiss cheese model and everything breaches, there's still a chance to, you know, very, very small chance, but there's still a chance that, that things could go wrong, you see, as you've said, because people thought that the ledger was completely safe. Um, and then there's this a bit of fud going around. Uh, we don't know if it's real or fake, but, you know, sometimes people are also scared that even the ledger is not 100% safe. So, so we do need, I think, to really change all our mindsets uh, about every single step to reduce this chance. But just, just you know, going back to the signature thing, I think that's so important as well, just to emphasize as well. Because what happens is, uh, even with the ledger, it only prevents your wallet from being drained instantly when you go on the wrong site because it blocks outgoing transactions. If you sign away your own NFT... Yeah, you're all done. You're still done anyway. (laughs) You're still done. There's no no difference. And and just just relating back to that, this has never happened before, but I, I always think about security as well. You know, in terms of hot wallets and people saying, oh, I only visit bookmark websites, right? There is a tiny chance that a bookmark website could be hijacked. And if a scammer hijacked a, a URL and put yeah. everything the same yep. and put the link the same and connect your wallet the same and connected it to a drainer, you you're know, all done. there's no chance your hot wallet yeah. would survive because you're like, oh, that's my link. Um, I'm safe. I'm safe. Oops, it's all gone. <laughs> so so, I, so I here's, here's, here's the million dollar question. Yeah. What can we develop, right? that prevents on top of the security protocols that you're already using, like, you know, whether it is, you know, just behaviors or hardware wallets, or, you know, only interacting with certain websites on hot wallets versus your hardware. Like the million dollar question is, how can we develop something that prevents your digital collectibles and currency from being drained? Can you build something that actually integrates into that? And that's what I want to solve. Yeah. So, you know, you're trying to build a project, isn't it? To, to help with security in Web3 and, and increase it, isn't it? I see it too many, you know, too many times, close friends of mine who, you know, these guys, like, they've been around. They've been around the block and they just click the wrong link. And it's devastating. It's devastating. There was there was a guy who um, clicked the, the wrong link in... Uh, uh, back when ABCs were at like 200 soul and um, his whole wallet was toast, absolutely toast. I mean, there's, there's some ways in my, in my opinion, you know, even if you're too cheapskate to buy a ledger, which, which I, I don't because I, I have 20 wallets, you know, I have 20 addresses on a, on a single <laughs> ledger, which I use. Yeah. Um, and I have about 40 to 50 hot wallets, none of which have anything inside, uh, but I have a ton of hot wallets. And I think, um, one way, if you really don't want to buy a ledger and you, you're really that stubborn to, to not get a hardware wallet, it doesn't have to be ledger, it can be Trezor or whatever. You know, I think one of the ways is to, to separate the, the assets at least so, so that if one wallet is drained, you don't lose everything at the same time. Um, that's why I think anyway. It brings up a great point though, too, like regarding Trezor that like, you know, they're open source and um you know, is that the next iteration for Ledger? I, I don't, I don't think that probably is going to be the direction that they'll go. But, um, you know, it's not all Ledger. I, I happen to use Ledger myself, but, um, there are different options out there. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and also just a quick point about the Ledger. So it's really safe. 
uh, and you have your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, your, your Solana, you know, you can have all, all the coins on it, basically. I can even have Aptos on mine, which, which I do, because why not? Um, but just keep your seed phrases safe, because if you lose the seed phrase, the, the, the ledger doesn't even matter. You've lost everything, including all the coins on all the different chains. So, so I would just be very aware and, and keep that seed phrase really safe if you're going to use a hardware wallet. You know, I almost got onboarded into uh, into crypto back in 2014, and yeah. um, and the wallet process was actually what scared me off. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine. This is so funny. He was he was mining Bitcoin um, in the building that he worked in, and they had he was running IT, and he was in the basement. And you know, IT people have they're like gods, right? You've got your server stack. You've got you know all this wiring. You got things with lights on them. And everybody else who barely knows how to use a computer at all would walk in and be like, oh, wow, what is all this for? And he'd say, oh, these are servers. And what I ended up realizing is that they were actually Bitcoin mining rigs. <laughs> it was crazy town. But he was he was like, yeah, man, I can show you how to set up this wallet. And, you know, we get your seed phrase. And I was like, uh, I don't it know is, about that. It, I was also nearly introduced in 2013, but I, I just, I didn't even give it a chance. I was like, that's a scam. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's it. And my buddy was like, buy it, buy it, $50. I was like, it's gone up from $2. And I was like, That's the reason why I'm not buying it because it's gone up from $2 to $50. Why would I pay $50 now? Well, anyway. Yeah, seriously. But that, but that, you know, that aspect of, of ownership of your seed phrase is so, so important. Yeah. Uh, and I own, I onboard a lot of people um, from, you know, my, my Web2 friends and my IRL friends. And, um, and that's the thing that I, I most strongly suggest, you know, that you figure out, uh, you figure out a way to, to store that information in a way, you know, so that you don't lose it. That's a it's very so good crucial. point, actually. Yeah, because in terms of onboarding, I don't actually onboard anyone IRL. Probably the only reason why is because of security. I'm yeah. quite good at not getting scanned, right? Because I've been yeah. here for five years. But I don't, you know... I've learned that through being in the system and I know how you can get in, scanned in so many different ways that it's just, it's just so difficult to tell a friend in real life, you know, to bring them in and say, okay, invest in crypto and all that um, without telling them all the different ways they can be scanned. I guess the other way is what you, you do. You bring them in and you tell them about security. But to me, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't have the confidence to, to teach someone everything about security and I, I know i would feel really bad if they get drained if they come in because of me you see so that's something to look out for for new people it's you know as much as robin hood was kind of everybody poo-poos it in the space yeah. um robin hood brought a lot of people on uh, they got wrecked because robin hood started onboarding people you know at the peak of the last bull run but you know at the same time all of a sudden all these people got really 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 interested um and they knew that i was already relatively deep in it and um mm. and it was more about you know being able to talk to them and kind of reassure them and um and to make the most security-minded suggestions about how people you know how they deal with their assets it's i think that it's it's really important that for us as you know custodians of that space to try to be as as helpful you know when assisting people who, who even ask questions about it because most people hear about it. But I think that, you know, similarly to what happened to both of us in 2013, 2014, is that most people are like, holy shit, this is scary. 
Whereas Absolutely. like Robinhood, Coinbase, most of those, most of the, um, I mean, Coinbase is great because it's so simple, really simple. It's incredibly simple. And it's, it's simple enough for, for an average person to deal with. So it's, I think it's, yeah, it's this, the ease of onboarding. And it's always a thing between ease of onboarding and security, isn't it? Because if it's very, very easy to get in, then it's probably not that secure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You always have to have that. And sometimes, you know, when I do get people on, and I, I'm, not, I'm not even a, a pro Kex person, but I just say, you know, if, if, I don't want, if I don't want them to take too much of a risk, I'll just tell them to leave their funds on Coinbase. Because once I start asking them, okay, to, to do the self-custody and all that, then this opens up a whole can of worms. And, you know, you know, I probably will ask them to do that at some point, but I'll need to sit them down and really talk to them about what the blockchain actually is when that happens. Because it's so easy to actually just invest within, within a, a Coinbase, you know, and within the cash. Yeah, nowadays it certainly is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just a quick detour in terms of security for projects. Uh, so we often see the security of specific projects being breached. Just recently, one project on Solana with an emission token had its entire liquidity pool drained by an insider. So could that be, have been avoided? And how do you feel projects could take steps to increase their security? You know, it's kind of interesting. I was actually on a call with Magic Eden last night. And one way to do it is to use a trusted launchpad, you know, to use Magic Eden as a launchpad or to use um, Backpack or, or some other protocol that that has high expectations from the team that they are uh, that they are launching. Um, you know, ideally they are doing background research. You know, like I was speaking with Magic Eden last night, and and part of their onboarding process is they require LinkedIn profiles, they require team meetings, they assess what you're doing and the quality of your project. And I think that that alone can help. It can help. Obviously, it's relatively easy to to lie. But an aged LinkedIn profile, that's a legitimate LinkedIn profile, it's a little bit more difficult to lie. You know, that, so, so there's that piece. When a project uses their own developers, on one hand, it's great. You know, for example, like OK Bears, they have their own dev team. And the work that they do when they, like, for example, the, the boombox mint, it was absolutely incredible. Super, yeah. super cool. You pressed mint. All of a sudden there was music that started playing. The whole screen was animated. Like it was an incredible experience. It wasn't like pressing mint on Magic Eden, but uh, Magic Eden provides that extra layer of security where the team is doxxed to Magic Eden and Magic Eden is responsible. That's, I think that that's one way. As far as trust, I like to see names in the space. And I think that, you know, going through the bear market, it has been more important because I mint less and less and, you know, invest more and more in blue chips. Whereas like some of the newer projects, it is, there are so many cash grabs and I'm definitely very, very scared of investing in something like a lifestyle brand at this point. Yeah. You know, at the bottom of the bear market, obviously, like I work for a lifestyle brand, um, but, you know, proven team that hasn't gone anywhere and, you know, and is working. You know, whereas like there's a lot of other ones, it's very easy to put together a deck that says you're a lifestyle brand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so as far as security is concerned, like, you know, using a launchpad, I think is, I think is nice. I think that, you know, depending on trusted names in, in the space and some form of doxing, but, you know, ultimately anybody can do anything. And so it comes back down to personal preferences and then changing the culture. 
and you know making it so that the culture is not bag pumping and following influencers um so let's just move on to transparency uh, by its very decentralized nature most of web3 is transparent bar some privacy tokens and networks but here we are focusing very much on the transparency that projects should have towards their investors and perhaps the wider web3 community so why is transparency important so for me um i don't get involved with projects with the exception of one right now i don't get involved in projects as far as investment um unless i know exactly what they're doing if it is you know we're building a really kick-ass community it is so not transparent it is uh, it just screams rug to me so like you know with with transparency i need a i need a legitimate roadmap i need to know exactly what the plan is um it doesn't necessarily have to be q1 q2 q3 with rois included because you don't get those but you know having an idea about what this the team structure is who's behind it what their roles are this is important because otherwise like the, it, there's just there's too much questionable behavior out there it's too mm -hmm. easy to soft rug or to slow rug and for me it really comes to it comes down to you know who's in charge of the project and and what are their proposed plans and have they done anything do they have any experience in the space yeah absolutely and you know it's i guess it ties back to security in a way isn't it just uh, if they're more transparent then you you just feel a bit more safer as an investor so but there there are many projects that are not that transparent but still have done quite well and in fact solana a lot of solana og projects weren't transparent to begin with like they they weren't doxed for instance yeah. um, you know and they 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 kept the the plan quite hidden so would you say you know would you say that it's a big problem for them or is it just now that we have to be more selective yeah, I think that there's, I think that Solana is starting to get on in its years. I think that it's becoming a little bit more of a mature chain where you have those OG projects that it's not so much, I mean, like you look at SMB, right? Mm. Uh, it's not so much about what they're doing. It's more about the community and then the PFP. I mean, that's a part of it. That's a big part of it where like, you know, I don't think that you're getting into SMB necessarily because you're looking at, I mean, they're almost like a stable coin. I wish I actually owned a SMB, but you know, I think that it is. Uh, there's a significant line between those OG projects and the new ones that come out. I mean, it's just so flooded with low quality projects. Yeah, yeah. I guess time in the game also helps because they've been around for so long and they still exist. Existing in itself is quite an achievement now, I guess. Yeah, completely. And it's it's the community too, right? You know, like. That's a massive, massive part about why they're big. There's they've built a community. It's not just building the PFP. It's a, you know the PFP identifies. You know, it helps with the identification of that community. I mean, it is the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, are there any potential downsides of being too transparent? And if so, how can these downsides be negated? You know, the under promise over deliver. You know. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, it's very, very easy to say that you're going to do this and you're going to do that. This is going to be huge. And, you know, part of that also is creating realistic expectations for the community that you're building. Pew Pew is really funny because as I was building this, you know, I work, I work for a game studio and I didn't want to have a situation where the collection that we have right now is a free mint. 
uh, it was gamified, so it was fun. But one of the things that I didn't want to have was I didn't want to have people buying these ships at crazy prices. You know, ultimately, like it, it becomes almost like, you know, it's kind of like a battle pass in a way, you know, you're getting access into the ecosystem, you're getting access to like pre-alpha, you know, early access into what we're going to be delivering from the game. And so, you know, I, I just didn't want to over promise that this will be, you know, the biggest thing ever to hit web three gaming, because if that happens, then you create an incredible amount of expectations you create mm -hmm. incredible whether you do well or you don't do well typically the community gets somebody's gonna get upset yeah <laughs> you know somebody somebody's always upset and it's very easily sidestepped you know where if you just if you try to under promise what you're going to do but execute um, that part is really important you know not saying that we're going to take over the world but executing on the things that you can that you can promise Okay, and just for our final question, thank you so much for joining us. Just one final question uh, in, in 10 seconds. Can you tell us if you have any final words for the residents of Web3 out there? That you oh, to man. Us? Yeah, just real quick final words. If you've made it through the bear market this long, you are, you're doing really well because this bear market was, has been hardcore. Um, liquidity gets sucked out and people get <laughs> people's emotions flip-flop, you know, from, from going from a uh, situation where it's always up to a situation where it's mainly down. And, um, you know, if you've made it this long, I think that, uh, most likely you'll end up making it to the next bull run, which is, I think personally, I'm very, very excited that like we have made it through to this point. The community structure in Solana and, and Ordinals and ETH, you know, they're all they're all still thriving. You know, the people who have left were gonna leave anyway. And the people who are here are happy and vibing. And you know, the community is awesome. The community is killer. So, you know, hold on to the community like a like a life preserver and uh, and we're all gonna make it. So thank you so much, Mr. Burns. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Please be sure to follow Mr. Burns on Twitter. His Twitter handle is Mr. underscore Burns underscore Sol. So that's M-R underscore B-U-R-N-S underscore S-O-L. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Zero to One Cast and that it's been useful for you. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please don't hesitate to reach out at 021fm.wet3 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We hope you enjoy your day and we appreciate you for tuning in. Be sure to join us on our next episode as we continue our enjoyable journey from zero to one. Thank you.